Archie, all right? Archie and the Riverdale gang were a pure and fun-loving bunch. You can't find dysfunction in those comics. They were just flat-out wholesome. Archie and Jughead were lovers. Shut the fuck up! It's true. Archie was the bitch and Jughead was the butch. That's why Jughead wears that crown-looking hat all the time. Be the king of Queen Archie's world. You. Mom? Yeah, you. You are marching back across the street with me, and we're gonna pick up a shitload of Archie folks. And I'm going to prove to you beyond the shadow of a doubt that Archie is all about pussy. Come on. <laughs> this boy is conflicted. You're insane. Archie is not fucking Mr. Weatherby. Deny, deny, deny. Look, he's just offering to help Archie with his fucking homework. Read between the lines, bitch. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't hurt me shit? I'll fucking take all you want! Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bar tenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. Find these idiots on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. You read too many comic books. We now join Brian, Q, Adam, and Todd. Brian, Q, Adam, I'm too sober for this shit. Now as we do the recording, oh we do the <laughs> No, no. No, no, what is wrong? I was gonna see, and Q hates our accents, and I didn't even get it out. Not even out, like not even two words out. Okay, well, welcome to Funny Books and Firewater Contest. Welcome to the contest. Contest. We'll see who can annoy Q more. That's a contest. You all win. Well, fuck you very much. We have a full compliment with us. Everybody is back and in the same room and all that stuff. I think I don't think I'm going to let people know until now that Todd actually wasn't recording with us last week. I just edited him in. Hopefully it was seamless enough that no one noticed, but we'll see. Anyway, so speaking of Todd, we have him here with us. Hey, I'm Todd. You can find me on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast most of the time. Nowhere else. Just Nowhere there. else? Just there. That's, yeah. You, you just live in a void when it's not happening. That's right. Either that or in... I will say this show has caused me to absolutely explode my buying habits of comics and booze. So yeah. I need to thank and curse you guys. <laughs> thank you and curse you. <laughs> yeah. Because it's going crazy and it's awesome and terrible. So All at the same time. All no, at I, the same time. I feel you. your pain. Uh, yes. Also feeling pain and in the great state of Utah, we have Adam. Hey, what's up? It's me, Adam. Uh, catch me on Big Shiny Robot and Bored as Hell Podcast doing movie reviews. Also here, uh, drinking, reading comics, and saying mm-hmm. absolutely horrible things. And if you know where I work, you'll probably see me there a lot because the holidays are almost upon us. Rock on. Not really. <laughs> if you know where I work, you'll never find me because I'm always hidden. Um, and then, of course, never hidden. No one ever puts him in a corner. We have Q. <laughs> That's right, and don't you forget it. Um, mm-hmm, three snaps. So I, ju- I just got back. Um, no, why? My computer just says I needed to restart. Fuck you, no. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Restart phone rings. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, 
So I just got back from sunny Florida. It was lovely. The memorial service I went to, which I guess I talked about. I listened to our pro um, mm -hmm. today. Um, and uh, I talked about that going down. So I just want to do just a cute, another little shout out to Dr. Jim Carpenter. Um, it was actually quite touching. So um, for those of you who have done theater with me, which some of you do listen to this podcast, um, Dr. Carpenter was the one who taught me row, row, row your boat, which I do before every show. Brian, I don't know whether or not you remember uh, me doing that or not, because you were never really backstage. I was never really in a show, and I was always in front of house, so yeah. Um, but anyway, but I do this little thing. It's a row, row, row your boat in, in a round um, and before every and any show that I've ever done. And, uh, well, I should say performed in. Um, yeah. If I'm just, like, costume designing, I don't, like, because I'm not backstage every night. Um, but anyway, uh, it was very touching. One of the um, ladies who put together the... Um, service had emailed me and asked me to lead us in row 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 your boat at the service and um before i i even got up or anybody without anybody even knowing um carp's sister-in-law got up and was talking about how uh, like days before he died um his brother randomly started singing row 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 your boat and mm -hmm. carp got up and was like no no this is all wrong <laughs> um, we're gonna do this my way and you're gonna do it in a round and you have to do these arm motions and all of this stuff and so like everybody like laughed and it was all very lovely and so then when we got when we actually got up and did Rory Rory about like everybody cried and it was and the, anyway it was it was very lovely um love you carp and um yeah anyway that's yeah okay I just want to say that that's as lovely and positive as you can say about a funeral, actually. I, I know it was it was very nice, and and Carp's husband Jim was there, and um, also very just very very lovely. Oh, fantastic! Um, and uh, I am uh, Brian. I am in Southern California, um, and uh, yeah, I, I can't tell you where I work because uh, it involves uh, murder and mayhem and all sorts of stuff. Actually, none of that. Um, anyway, so this week we are doing Afterlife with Archie, which is from the Archie comics and is uh, quite a departure. So if you're used to uh, Betty and Veronica fighting over Archie in a very G-rated uh, situation, that's probably not going to be what you're going to get on this book. Anybody have any thoughts before we... I mean, we'll do a little preview and jump into stuff, because we're actually fairly efficient right now. Um, oh, we can, we can fix that. We I mean, I can, I can go off on any tangent in a moment. <laughs> I can talk to you about the homeless man, man who is shooting all over cars at work. We wow. can do that as well. That's nice. <laughs> and now for sports. Banning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Rule one, the back in the day rule. I would say every time there's a flashback, you have to take a drink. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Rule two, the hateful bitch rule. Every time you hate one of the characters in the book, <laughs> take a drink. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Rule three, the zombie drinking buddy rule. Every time a zombie eats brains, you get to drink. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare chested. Somebody stop that man. Here comes the blue goat. Oh, they got him. Here they're coming the from the guns. Oh, they tackle him at the 40 Rule four, the monster mash rule. Every time someone goes, oh, what a great costume. <laughs> Take a drink. Look at the police. They've surrounded this man like he is, like he's just robbed a bank. And our final rule, the social justice rule. Oh, and then, and then when Kevin punches out the homophobic bastard, you have to finish your drink. I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a knife in the clink coming up. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a podcast without it. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, we should name your oh, no. But it was like, not only did you hate him, he also was trying to set the zombies free. So I, like, know, right? I like, know. Haven't you seen fucking movies? What is wrong? Like, and obviously they know what's going on because they're self-aware of the fact that zombie movies exist. What the fuck are you doing? What is wrong with you? Okay, before we get into all the spoilerific territory, we're going to give a quick preview, and then we can go to our pause. Mm -hmm. So we'll actually get back ourselves in order. Um, so, here's the story. 
basically, you have um, Jughead, his uh, his dog, what, Moose, I believe his name is. No, Moose is, Moose is the hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog. Moose is I'm another sorry. idiot. Reggie ends up killing Hot Dog, uh, Jughead's dog. He takes it to Sabrina and uh, asks uh, uh, Sabrina to help him bring his dog back. But, of course, there are terrible confident, uh, consequences. Hot Dog becomes a zombie, which then, of course, makes Jughead a zombie. And then, of course, he becomes Patient Zero in the zombie apocalypse that attacks... Uh, is it Riverdale? Yes. Yes. River- mm-hmm. Attacks Riverdale, and, uh, and all hell breaks loose. So that's basically the... Quick summary, uh, somewhat spoiler-free preview of what it is. So, um, shockingly early in the episode, we are way on point today. This is not normal. Um, we are going to uh, in, going to take a little bit of a break. You can pause this and uh, rejoin us afterwards. And uh, if you or if you have read the book, just plow on through. It'll be lovely. And uh, we will see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Oh my god, did you know that the TV series of Sabrina the Teenage Witch lasted seven seasons? Yes, so it's amazing. So, okay, here's my weird Sabrina the Teenage Witch story. Ryan Reynolds was in the original movie. What? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds was in the original movie. It's when I fell in love with him. Really? Ryan Reynolds is in that? Yeah, when it was a TV movie before that turned into the uh, TV show. She, he was the idiot boyfriend, the idiot football player. I only remember Ryan Reynolds for um, Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. That's where I first became a yeah, That was pre-Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. So I fell uh, in love with him because he wore a thumb ring. Oh, him and Jordan wow. Pavlano. Oh my I god. Totally you still have a thing for thumb rings? Yeah, I do actually. Really? Yeah. I told you that Penn Jillette had a recurring role in that show too. I need to go back and watch that. Or maybe not. Yeah. I wonder if it holds up. The TV show? Probably not. Yeah, but also, my other favorite side character in that show was Big Red from Bring It On. Was her oh, idiot. That's right. was her, uh, well, not idiot, but ditzy best friend. And that, so, because I remember when I went and saw Bring It On, I was like, "Oh my gosh, is that girl from Sabrina the Teenage <laughs> <laughs> She's a bitch in this show. Yeah, I'm really surprised that it's not in syndication because they have enough episodes. Um, I, I'm pretty. I thought that it was. I think it might be now. I, I want to say I saw an ad for it the other day on like TV Land or something. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I was drunk for most of the weekend. Good for you. I will tell a little story, Adam, while you look up the syndication for Spring of the Teenage Wit. When I was living in Connecticut, the theater I worked at is a place called Goodspeed Musicals, and they are the birthplace of Annie the Musical. I'm sorry. Um, but so they had um, a intern who uh, they wanted the dog of Sandy. So basically they said, just go to the pound, find a dog, train it to do this stuff. This guy ended up making an entire career out of being an animal. <laughs> intern. It was an intern. They got an intern to do this? They did. But see, the thing is, the guy ended up creating an entire career out of it, right? So he ends up having this farm in Connecticut. pays really well. Basically, he provides animals for Broadway shows is what he does a lot. Well, so at the time, he was in San Francisco doing the out-of-town tryouts for Legally Blonde because he had the two dogs, the, mm-hmm. the Chihuahua and the Pitbull. So he was out there training them and doing all sorts of stuff. So uh, because he'd been associated with the theater, like he was still friends with the lighting uh, light board op, and she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go. I'll take care of these animals. You want to come over?" And I was like, "Sure." So I go over there, and like it's just this like it's this menagerie of animals, all from like and like they had all sorts of different stuff, but they were from um, different uh, TV shows and whatever. But Salem the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, like a couple of them. There there've been a few, but one of the Salem of the cat, the cat. So not the puppet, but the one that wouldn't like whatever the cat was wandering uh-huh. around doing stuff like that. That cat was like hanging out. The whole time it was pretty interesting that's um, cool yeah it was really cool it was really like i mean it was cool because like i don't think if i remember correctly he didn't buy any purebreds he rescued all of the animals and then he would train them and basically put them in show business so it was like rags riches story but if you are a broadway performer or have asked me to be a broadway performer what you want to do is you especially if you're going to be in the chorus you want to be the person who is the dog handler because a the dogs end up in their contract come with an apartment overlook central park so they can get walked every day. The uh, the cast member who takes care of them gets to stay in that apartment for free Ooh. and take care of them. And also, the dogs get a better dressing room than the uh, than the stars most of the time because they have to be close to the stage. So, if you huh. are going to be a chorus person in a Broadway show with an animal, you want to be that handler. I'm just telling you a little inside scoop because they get a good fucking deal. Anyway, that, their union is awesome. I, I think it's just the demands of like if you're gonna put a fucking animal in the show and you don't want the ASPCA up your ass, this is yeah. how you have to do it. So what if they're cute? What the dog or the ASPCA? The ASPCA. You know what? That's up to you. A couple drinks, maybe some dancing. <laughs> I mean, whatever you want to do, that's cool. 
So, what did you figure out if Sabrina the Teenage Witch is on syndication? It is. It's on. I've never heard of the station before. It's called Antenna TV, and it looks like it's kind of naked nightish. Like it's got all the old oh, school TV shows, like Ken the <laughs> Class and Archie Bunker and everything else. Head of the um, Class. Oh shit. Yeah, Family Does Ties. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Um, let's see. But yeah, it it plays back to back for an hour on the weekdays and then on the weekends as well. There I we remember go. very specifically an episode of Head of the Class where they do their high school musical, and I don't know why I remember this, but they did um, Little Shop of Horrors, which was like one of my favorite musicals and still is one of my favorite musicals. Q. So there you go. There's a musical theater reference. Seymour. But yeah, it's got like it's got Wings, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, Small Wonder, Three's Company, Wings. Leave to Beaver. Small Wonder. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Mark and Mindy. So yeah, it's, it's all these crazy sh- like just classic shows. Whatever happened to the girl from Small Wonder? She was such a method actress. <laughs> she rusted. <laughs> yeah, yeah Someone forgot to plug her in. There was a really, uh, a really dark, dark episode, I think, or one they were talking about they didn't do about like molestation and stuff. That show got really weird sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it did. Hmm. Well, um, this is an '80s sitcom talk. Um, welcome to it. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll sit there and watch All in the Family all day long. You know, I've never really watched the, the thing about it was. My my mom, I think, thought that Archie Bunker was a little too similar to her actual dad, so we never really mm-hmm. were allowed to watch All in the Family. Like, it was a little too close to home for her. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, well, one, uh, one of the best things I saw at Sundance last year, which I think it should be out now in theaters or even on demand, was uh, Norman Lear, just another version of you. And it was a documentary oh, about yeah. his, like, doing Maude and All in the Family and the Jeffersons and uh, Good Times. And these are all shows I grew up on. Like my my mom actually let me, being the oldest, uh, stay up with her and watch like All in the Family and stuff. And considering you know when it came out, how much it really did push the envelope and actually brought a lot of big civil issues to life, light that most people were because most of America at the time was much like Archie Bunker. Mm-hmm. So it was cool that you actually got to see you know very very important things, everything from race relations to uh, sexual assault that would never have been brought up in a on TV, let alone in a sitcom, uh, but were given the light they deserved and actually got people talking about it. So, if well, I that's cool. Correctly, this is a weird thing, and I someone checked me on this. I think I might be wrong, but I thought if I remember correctly, there were like only like three or four handwritten copies of the Declaration of Independence. There's some certain label of things where it's like um, they they wrote them out so that they could tell people what the Declaration of Independence was going to say and whatnot. And one of the people who bought one of those copies at auction, I think, is actually Norman Lear, if I remember correctly. Does that sound right, Adam? Mm, I'm trying to think here. So there are 26 copies that are known to exist. Uh-huh. 21 are owned by American institutions, two by British institutions, and three by private owners. And I think Norman Lear is one of the private owners. Google, Google. Google, Google, thing. Google. Type, 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 type. See, in my household, I grew up on Nick and Knight, so I can tell you all about Get Smart. Oh, and yeah? Mr. Ed. Yep, Norman Lear. Yep. Hey, see? Go Norman Lear. There's a useless fact I just pulled out of my ass, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and what a I fine ass that is. Shit. Oh, thanks, sweetie. Um, and what's really funny is the one he owns... Uh, it was found in the back of a picture frame that was bought at a yard sale oh, yeah. for $4. Yeah, and and, th- and he bought it at auction from quickly. I want to say I want to say one of the guys from South Park mentioned that in an interview at one point in time. I think is where I heard that from. Anyway. See, there's our there's our tangent. We were good. We, we had yeah, a we, tangent. We finally got into there a random go. tangent. We got, into, <laughs> we got into Weird 80s TV shows into owners of copies of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> and South Park. Everything and goes South, Park. South Park. Everything goes back to South Park. Or, or Simpsons, um, eventually. Buckaroos. Do we want to dig into cocktails now, or do you want to do it later? Well, mine's pretty basic, because, you know, whatever. I just looked up Archie Cocktails, Uh and this one doesn't sound horrible. Okay. Um, I'm I'm assuming that its its ingredients give it a reddish tint, much like Archie's hair. Okay. But Mm -hmm. it's um, apple juice, limes, peach liqueur, peach juice, and vodka. Okay. Um, so it's it's pretty fruity. It sounds yeah. maybe a, a little too fruity. Yeah. But I mean, what's a little too fruity? <laughs> <laughs> we could have called it the Kevin Keller. Yeah. Oh, tr- truth. Or, or the lesbians. I was a little shocked at the lesbians going on in this in this book. Um, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, that's it. I, you just shake that up and pour it over some ice and drink it. 
What do you call it? It's it's called the Archie cocktail. Adam, do you want to go with your cocktail? Uh, yeah, so I went with uh, it was, it was called it Zombie Blood, and okay. it uh, ends up kind of greenish, but you do uh, like uh, one or two shots of rum, however strong you want it, uh, a shot of blue curacao, add in a couple ounces of pineapple juice, shake over ice, and strain uh, into a frosted glass. It's got kind of a cool little like off green color about it that makes it look like zombie blood. Cool. And Todd, what do you got? So for mine because it's parties and Halloween and everything with it. I went with a punch. And I like any recipe that just says one bottle of vodka to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) So it's one bottle of vodka, seven cups of orange juice, and one and a half liters of Dr. Pepper with ice. And I'm calling it the hot dog flavored water. Oh, nice. (laughs) Oh, God. That sounds super gross, but I'm intrigued. Yes. So vodka, orange juice, Dr. Pepper, and ice. The v- hot dog flavored water. It's a punch, guys. Just have some. Damn cute. That recipe's in metric, man. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah. You're <laughs> welcome, America. Join the metric system. We, we have. We, we should be on the metric system because it makes sense. Technically, we are. We just ignore it. it well, if anything, Pokemon Go <laughs> should get us on the metric system. Because everything's in kilometers. Oh my god, driving in Florida, our rental car was in kilometers, and Ben and I were like, what the fuck? We don't know how far away that is. <laughs> I literally had to Google a, um, a, a a converter so I knew what our GPS was talking about. Because who knows how long a kilometer is? I don't know. It's a thousand meters. It's 2.6 miles. Right. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. A kilometer is less than a mile. There's 2.6 in a mile, I believe. Uh, yeah. It, what I, it was 2.6 something, and then we, when we pulled over, I finally changed the goddamn thing. So I was like, I don't know what this means. It is 1.6 kilometers per mile. That sounds amazing. Either way, I was drunk at the time. They gave me free booze <laughs> on the airplane. It was awesome. How'd you get free booze? Did you flirt with somebody? Um, no. Okay, so I got free booze the entire the entire both flights. So mm-hmm. going out there, we ordered some Bloody Marys, and the lady, the the flight attendant, she was very lovely. Her name was Angela, and um, hi, Angela. Um, yeah, obviously she's listening. And, um, well, you, you told her about the podcast, didn't uh, you? Of course I did. I handed her a business card, and um, <laughs> um, anyway. So, so she, she, so, so she gave us the Tito's because they have Tito's. I was like, "Fuck yeah, Tito's!" And hell yeah, that's good vodka. Yeah, and so you know we have our first one, and they come they came with um, these little sugar packet like things, but it was lime flavoring. I was like, "Okay, lime sugar, I'm down." And um, so that it was delicious. So we ordered another round, and um, well, first of all, she was like, "Do you guys want another round?" And we were like, "Um, yeah, why not?" And she was like, "Yeah, that's what I thought." So. <laughs> So she brought us another one, and then, you know, when, like, they're going around, like, getting, because there were people who bought food and stuff, um, you know, swiping credit cards, I had my credit card out, and she gave us, like, the wink and the I got this nod, Mm -hmm. and I was like, um, okay, so Ben and I tried to give her, like, a 20 to be like, oh, thank you so much, and she was like, oh, no, no, it's fine, you guys are good, and so I I can only think of two, two options, either one... We were the only people drinking on the plane, and so we are obviously fun. Uh. Or, or two, she just loves homosexuals. Or it could be both. Or yeah, or it could be both. Why not? But, both? I mean, <laughs> but on, on, on the plane ride back, I only had one, and once again, I was waiting for the stewardess to come back to like get payment or whatever, and she never did. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to worry about this seven dollar cocktail. Nice. So, what were you flying, Q? What airline? Uh, JetBlue. Oh, of course. Wow. Okay. JetBlue kicks so ass. The rule of thumb is you get on JetBlue, you act extremely fabulous, and you'll get free drinks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Good to That's know. know. awesome. Good to know. Uh, Q, next time I fly home, I'm going to need to borrow a scarf so I can be fabulous. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I will get to my cocktail now. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's all good. So uh, I, I, I did, too. I have uh, the classic zombie cocktail. Um, because it's an old school tradition and this is a zombie book and we're not doing any other zombie books so uh, it's commonly uh, one part white rum, one part golden rum one part dark rum, one part apricot brandy, one part uh, pineapple juice and a half part of 151 proof rum and one part lime juice and you mix that shit together except for the 151 and you pour it uh, into a glass with some ice and then you top it with the 151 um, 
So that is one, but here's the other one. So I got this just in case someone else picked zombies and actually I'm really kind of excited about this. Whenever I think Archie, just in general, I kind of feel like I associate it with um, like uh, malt shops and you know, the 50s and that kind of stuff. So I have a alcoholic milkshake here called the Hot Fudge Bourbon Milkshake. Uh, so it's it's a milkshake with a twist. So it's I mean, this is, book is kind of archy with a darker twist. So this this recipe makes two milkshakes. So you know for a friend or just double fist it. However you want to go. Don't care. I'm not here to judge. Um, one and a half cups of vanilla ice cream, a half cup of milk, uh, one tablespoon, teaspoon, sorry, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, uh, two ounces of bourbon, um, a half cup of uh, hot fudge, and two tablespoons. Um, basically, you put um, uh, a tablespoon of hot fudge at the bottom, and then in a blender, you combine the milk, the ice cream, the vanilla extract, and the bourbon, and about another half cup of hot fudge, and you blend it until it's smooth, and you pour it in, and then um, this also has recipes, which I will include, for a bourbon whipped cream, which is a half ounce or half cup of uh, heavy cream, one tablespoon of uh, bourbon, and one uh, tablespoon of sugar, and you uh, mix that together um, with an electric mixer until it's soft, and then you can use that to uh, to top your hot fudge sundae, maybe put a little more extra hot fudge on top of it. So there is your uh, hot fudge bourbon milkshake, which I'm very excited to try when I'm not going into work later today. So I almost did the brain hemorrhage, but then I forgot that it actually curdles the Irish cream, and that's gross. Oh, gotcha. So. Kind of like what, like a, an uh, Irish car bomb? Uh, well, kind of. What you do is with the brain hemorrhage is you, I think it's uh, a base of like really, you do really chilled vodka, mm-hmm. and then you <clears throat> lightly on the back of a spoon add in really, really chilled Baileys, and you have to use Baileys, don't use the off-brand stuff, because that's like shit. Mm-hmm. And actually, the Baileys will curdle, and then you add a little tiny bit of grenadine to make the blood. And it looks really cool. It looks like there's a brain floating in this uh, little shot glass, but I don't like curdled Baileys, gotcha. so I decided not. But if you want to do it, there, there's another big recipe. That's I, I brought that to the table, too. So. Warning. You're entering spoiler territory. Don't say I didn't warn you. So a little history on this, which because I found this very interesting. So this is the first uh, Archie comic to be sold in comic shops and not necessarily in newsstands. Um, and this happened. This book came out shortly after. Um, it's also the first Archie comic to be rated t- uh, teen plus for gore and sexy scenes and naughtiness. and naughtiness in general. And this was conceived not long after Archie Comics officially dropped the Comics Code Authority. I didn't realize the Comics Code Authority was still around, but apparently Archie was still using it up until 2011 is when they dropped it entirely. Wow. Yeah, and so it was uh, started uh, being published in uh, 2013. I just thought that was interesting that it's one of the first Archie comics not sold in grocery stores, because that's really, I think, where most of us became aware of Archie. Did anybody else become aware of Archie in a different way, or is everybody like... Remember Archie from like being at the grocery store or something like that and seeing on the counter and maybe once a year I could talk my mom into buying me one. I remember Archie from the grocery store. This is actually the first Archie comic I've ever read. Oh, really? So it's there. I was aware of its existence and that it was around and everyone seems to know Archie and Jughead, Veronica and Betty. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's all I really knew about it. So this was actually the first Archie I've ever read. So I knew it was there, but I just never actually read any. Yeah, I think most people are aware of the characters on a pop culture level, but I mm-hmm. I remember reading maybe two or three comics in my lifetime. You know, yeah, as a kid, you always saw the Archie or the Jughead or Betty and Veronica. And honestly, I didn't give a shit. I looked at them, I flipped through them. I thought they looked boring and stupid as hell. So uh, <clears throat> I had no desire ever to read an Archie comic. Um, but this is one that... I've been hearing really good things about that we should check out, and I'm very glad we did because I like it a lot. Good, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I would say, I, I mean, I will, uh, Archie Comics, at least when I was a kid, weren't necessarily amazing, but it fulfilled that need of, like, I kind of always want to get comic books, but my... I, I had the, the problem of the gatekeeper situation. Like, every time I tried to go in a comic shop, there was always, like, the comic book nerd who would kind of scare you off that you didn't know enough and weren't worthy to be in it. I feel like that has died down in a lot recently because um, I've had a few friends who have just randomly walked into comic shops and gotten really good recommendations. So I feel like that's sort of a thing of the past. Luckily, I feel like comic shops have kind of figured out that, hey, if you're nice to people who want to buy comics, you'll sell more comics. Um, but, yeah, so it was always kind of hard. So I felt like Archie was that gateway where, like, I, it was clean enough my mom would buy it for me that I, it wouldn't be too horrible um but like i actually could get a little comics in my my blood which uh you know was nice as a kid i guess so i was surprised that uh sabrina was kind of so evil on this to a certain extent not really evil but like dark magic-y um in this book that's kind of one of these again my only real experience with sabrina the teenage witch was from the tv series mm-hmm. 
And that was always kind of more like, you know, really lighthearted and everything else. Uh, I was kind of surprised when her sisters came at her as like these evil wraith creatures yeah. <laughs> that scared the hell out. I was like, oh my God, what is that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really surprise me that she you know, did something like that because, you know, when you're a teenager and you're stupid, you, you do things for your friends and, you know, she has some extra abilities yeah. <laughs> that all of us don't have. It's a little bit more than, hey, I'll, I'll borrow the, my dad's car and we'll go out driving. It's more like, hey, let me bring your dead dog back to life and destroy the world. Well, so so for me, this book, it was it was fun, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if, you, if you like a zombie story and you know how zombie stories progress and you know, yay zombies! Like, I, I I guess this one works a little bit better because you don't have to get to know any of the characters. You already know who they are. Yeah. So I, I so I, I think that's a plus because even like me, you guys were talking earlier. Like, I never read an Archie comic book until now. I just knew who Archie, Jughead, Veronica, Betty. You know, all those people were from magazines, comic solicits. You know, just general pop culture. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, kind of stuff. Um, so I mean, yeah, you didn't have to go into anyone's crazy backstory to begin with. You just like got right down to it. Um, even, even a new character like Kevin Keller, he comes in like halfway through the book, and it's like, oh yeah, he's the, he's the gay guy. Done. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to know anything else about this person. Um, they did have a couple flashbacks, which ugh, um, were were a little superfluous, a little bit. In fact, I kind of like glazed over them. I was a little more engaged in um, the zombie part. So I read this book and the one that we're doing next in the hour and a half flight from. DC to Orlando. Oh yeah, they're, they're um, quick. Yeah, so yes. so I, I will also give it props for that. That it's super quick, easy. Um, even though there's probably there's gonna be, I'm assuming there's more to this story. It's not like a one shot kind of graphic novel. Um, but you still feel like like zombie movies also end the way that this book did. So you're just kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. awesome, done. Um. Uh, I, I mean, uh, other than that, I mean, it's a zombie book. It's a zombie movie, you know, in essence. I'm not the hugest fan of them because they all kind of follow the same general, like, plot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I, I will say that at least the um, asshole guy did not release the zombies inside their fortress. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which, which also usually happens. Yeah. Um, I, I did think there were some some nice little um, emotional moments because obviously that's really what Archie Comics was about was like all the drama mm-hmm. um, that, that happened in Archie's life. So like like when when the zombies are like starting to break through the that opening and they're all like oh oh gosh we better shut the door and whatever whatever and um, Veronica looks at Betty and is all like oh what's your problem I so sad right now and she's like um, those zombies were my parents so like like the, the, I was like I was like ooh ow yeah and like. Or like when uh, Archie has to kill his dad, just like flash yeah. Oh my gosh, night. yeah, Archie killing his dad. <laughs> or actually, my my favorite part, even yeah. though I'm not a huge animal person, like honestly, I really don't give a shit about animals. But that's a lie. I actually do care. But whatever. Um, I'm I'm just not a big animal person. I'm not the person in the movies when like there's explosions, like oh, like in war movies. Oh no, not the horses. It's like yeah, <laughs> twelve thousand people just died, and now you're gonna be sad about this horse. Um, the only horse I've ever cared about in a movie was Artie. Uh, is it Artax in Neverending Story? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, but it it was pretty sad when you saw like um, Archie's dog's thought process when it was like friend Archie run and because mm-hmm. he was fighting hot dog like that that was kind of cute. And then yeah. when he gets turned into a zombie, it's like main kill, main yeah, kill. Yeah, like yeah. I I did like that. Um, like the actual like Archie part of the comic books, like the whole Betty Veronica thing. I was like. Why I, I I literally remember looking over at um at Ben at one point and I was like, is Archie's penis like gold? <laughs> like seriously, because because I also didn't know who the twins were. Like they were the only characters that I didn't know who they were previously. And I was just like, God, even this like girl who's obviously in, a, in an incestuous relationship with her twin is all mm-hmm. about Archie's freaking ginger dick. Um, yeah. So like so like that was just kind of like all right whatever but obviously it's a you know takeover from from the old comic um, but also creepily the the twins in this 
once again, I didn't know them. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, but they really reminded me of Ultimate Universe Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, where mm-hmm. it's like they're probably doing it, but they're not going to tell you that they're doing it. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> like you know, they're, they're like almost holding hands, and like they're playing like weird word games, and even she mm-hmm. tries to make her brother jealous by bringing the nerd kid in, and the nerd kid's like, yeah. "I'm uncomfortable." Exactly. Like that. I mean, that was like whatever. The the lesbian surprise twist. I was not expecting lesbians. <laughs> um, well, no one ever does. Well, no, no one ever expects lesbians okay. in a zombie. Like the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Speaking of surprise lesbians, a few years ago, my um, some friends of ours from the theater. Yes, and by the way, that would be a bitchin' band name. Surprise lesbians, right there. Like, <laughs> surprise lesbians. Lesbian. <laughs> um, uh, so, so some friends of mine who were in high school at the time um, from the theater, we went to go see their show um, at at high school, and it's it was like a one based on like a Sherlock Holmes, or it was. It was like a show within a show where it's like about the troupe of actors that put on Shakespeare. Anyway, uh-huh. um, so like come to find out that like the whole thing was done by the ex-lesbian lover of the deceased. And like when she revealed that they were lesbians, I'm sitting in the front row drunk and audibly gasped and went, lesbians! <laughs> <laughs> and, like the audience obviously chuckled. <laughs> because I was so shocked that there were lesbians in this high school production. I was literally like, lesbians? I mean, and then of course I got really excited, so I was like, yes! Yes, lesbians! But, um, but yeah, I was, I was definitely shocked. Dude, that might be my next ringtone from you. But um, anyway... Yeah, I mean, the, the, the book was fun. Would I read anymore? Probably not, because Archie doesn't really entertain me, nor does zombie comic books. But it's a quick read. It's fun Halloween goodness, you know. Well, and there's only uh, up to date. I mean, it's, this has been going on for three years, and there's only 11 issues. Yeah, so, so and like the second trade doesn't even come out until like February, because I've been waiting for yeah. it for a while. Or if you want to be smart like I did, and you have... And again, they need to sponsor us. If you have Comicsology <laughs> Unlimited, the first three books were free, yes. so I just had to pay for two of them, which is kind of nice. Cool. It's what I did. Very cool, uh, Todd. What's your uh, what's your? We'll get with your opinion on this. I couldn't agree with Q more. Yeah, yeah. You see that Q? You and I agree. <laughs> Yay! We're <laughs> friends. <laughs> we're friends. No, um, I really enjoy this. This is the very first Archie comic. I mean, I read as well. You know, the art as. You know, it's Archie, it seems, and it seems very Archie, and zombie, it seems like very zombie as well. And it's not quite by the numbers to the tale, but pretty much it is. So mm-hmm. it has all the beats there. It's it's enjoyable. It's easy to follow. You don't really need to. Their archetypes just seem to be so prevalent, and there it's really easy just to fall into it and mm-hmm. pick it up and follow. Even with someone who doesn't follow, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, we're good as going there so it really seemed to hit that off incredibly well for me um hot dog what a weird dog so this is why i don't have a dog anymore i guess watching that guy (laughs) but um i mean even you have like betty and veronica and they're still trying to outplay each other and you can tell that this is a bit more adult of going like oh who's going as sexy witch sexy nurse sexy something Mm -hmm. and then the other going yeah but you don't have the chest for that and i'm like Burn. There, there is there is some serious bitchiness going on here. There I'm sure some probably appreciated that. Serious bitchiness, and you're watching <laughs> him just fighting over the guys, and you're just like, really? That's too bad, girls, because you're better with that. Was <laughs> what was going through <laughs> my mind. So, but no, it was fun. I agree. The uh, flashbacks is like, oh, let's give some backstory to this town of Riverdale, and yeah, who cares? Okay. But yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed reading it. I don't regret it by any means. But I don't think I'll... You're, this was your one and only Archie, Afterlife with Archie comic you're going to have? Well, I'm going to read everything else first. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> so, also, <laughs> also, I finally learned my lesson and started buying them used on yeah, Amazon. Because yeah. y- y'all been making me pay full price for a bunch of shit. So I'm like, all right, we're getting... Uh, 
we're, we're getting used two dollar copies. Like my my Batman Long <laughs> Halloween that came in the other day. Uh-huh. It's it's very well read. Oh, good. Yes. Very well read. I mean, some of the pages are stuck together. It's uh, really weird. Uh, actually, yes. That, ha- that happened <laughs> after Q got it, though. Yes, but I will say Q also um, because of. The, when we read that Wonder Woman, the Hecatea, I went and bought Volume One, Wonder Woman by Greg Rucka for nineteen dollars. Uh huh. And it includes the Hecatea as the first story. Oh, <laughs> those <laughs> bastards! Those <laughs> bastards! So Adam made out well on that one, but yeah. So it was it was so good. I bought more Wonder Woman just because Yay. of that story, which included that very story that I spent. <laughs> $35 to get a copy of. <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta steal too, because I'm on Amazon right now, because the paperback just came out again, but the, uh, they're still going for 60 to 100 bucks for the... Really? Yeah. Resell that shit! Yeah. Actually, I really like my copy of that, though. I'm gonna hold on to that for a while. No, I like so. it too, but I know I have two copies of the Hecatea, because, yeah, it's just the first little story with Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman Volume 1. So, okay, yeah. very there cool. Yes. Cool. Well, Adam, do you want to throw in your two cents? Yeah, you know, it's... I am I would have loved to have read this back when it came out because the whole zombie thing's really kind of run its course. Yeah, I'll agree and, with that. And, and Hollywood needs to find a new mythical creature to uh, make billions off of. Uh, but, I mean, no, this is, this is essentially Walking Dead for teenagers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's... It, it really, really felt, like, especially in the last episode... Uh, like Walking Dead. It was, you know, now they're escaped, and now, of course, they're going to have to go out and, you know, worry about the rest of the zombies and probably other people they're going to run, run into. So mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it, again, this, this was years and years ago when zombies were kind of the height of their popularity. Yeah. Uh, well, but I know I liked it. I had a really fun time. I've never read an Archie comic before. I probably never will. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do, I do want to, you know, pick up the rest of these comics and kind of see where the story plays out because, yeah, it's fun, it's interesting. Uh, and it actually made me care about these characters that I've never had a second thought about. I mean, like Q mentioned, we all know, you know, Jughead's the one with the crown who likes food, and Betty and mm-hmm. Veronica are always fighting over Archie, and blah, blah, blah. But I've never, ever once even wanted to dive in more than just randomly picking one up while I'm at the grocery store and flipping through it because there's nothing else better to do, and I don't want to read The Inquirer. Mm-hmm. So... But no, no, it was fun. I was, I, I definitely want to go see what happens mm-hmm. next. And, uh, but again, it's not going to be on my front burner because one, life, and two, I think there are more interesting things out there to read that I, <clears throat> I do want to catch up on or, or follow up with. So yeah, okay. Um, I will say, uh, I, I was a big fan of this, obviously, because I recommended it. Um, but I, I think in general, I really love a good twisting on a classic story, like if it's done well. Like mm-hmm. there are always those like. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and whatever, like, that are not necessarily great, but I, I kind of love, like, a classic story of classic characters that you know that get twisted on their ear a little bit, and if it's done well, I'm almost always 100% in. Um, to your point, Adam, I, I think you are right. I think the zombie thing has played out, but I, and I haven't read any further, because, I, like I say, I read the trades typically, but from what I've read, um, apparently um, in the future issues, it gets a little bit more, like... Cause like a lot of zombies in modern culture are like some sort of massive plague or something like that and um i guess in this book it like they, they go into like the spirits of the the people who are zombies are still around so it gets a little more dark artsy which could be kind of interesting and a little bit of a different take on the whole zombie genre in general um but yeah i i mean i dig the hell out of this book i am you know i'm the one who's probably the most excited for the uh the second trade to come out out of everybody on this panel because I, I i mean i as soon as it comes out, I will buy it and I will read it because I'm, I'm really excited about it. As a slight pitch, I haven't read it, but I have heard good things. The the new Archies that they've been putting out as basically standard comics, the uh, Fiona Staples, who did art for uh, Saga, which we all loved, um, she's doing the art for that as well, so uh, as a pitch for her really? work as well. Yeah, so that's made me interested in those as well. But like I've, I've had a few people who've said that's actually pretty good. Um, so I'm, I am interested in those Archie books in general, but like I said, I, I, I'm a sucker for if you can take a classic story and twist it on its head a little bit, I'm, I'm down. I mean, it was... Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to reiterate, because I feel like I need to be more positive on these things. I, I think you're plenty was, positive on this. It was, it was fun. I mean... It, so it, it, if you waited for like Netflix for you know the latest movie, uh, like zombie mm-hmm. movie, like yeah, it's good. 
Sure. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, and you know, and when we get drunk later and we want to put something on that's mindless in the background, sure, mm-hmm. I'd put it on again, but I'm not yeah. going to go like track this down and read it some more. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's good old fun Halloween nonsense. I mean, did I care if any of the people died or turned into zombies or any of that? Not not really. Like, I kind of wish that uh, Veronica would have been the one who turned into a zombie, but... Um, <laughs> so so earlier when I said when, when you hate a character, like, I really hated um, the black lesbian because um, she was in the closet and I don't have time for that. And <laughs> I really hated the homophobe guy because, like, at first you're supposed to you're supposed to feel sorry for him because he's the one that killed the dog and then later when you find out he's a homophobe I was just like and you killed the dog fuck you yeah. dude um, <laughs> yeah. like, I really I really disliked him um, Veronica's dad was a dick um, yeah. m- like Moose is just a big moron like I was like whatever about him um, yeah but isn't that your type though I mean it is shh, shh, don't tell anybody <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, I'm trying to think of who else I didn't like. The but and, like, the butler's journal part was kind of weird. I was like, nobody cares. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah. I, I kind of like that, actually. Unless you're Alfred Pennyworth, no one cares about the butler. <laughs> Seriously, nobody cares about you, butler. <laughs> um, I was actually fully prepared for Veronica's dad to just, like, axe-chop the butler when he disagreed <laughs> with him. <laughs> <laughs> you don't disagree with me! Um, that would have actually been kind of awesome. But, but like, aside from like the like kind of touching moments about the like the dog and his dad, like I really didn't like Archie. I really I like, and I think it's Archie as the arch type character because he's got the two girls fighting over him and like he can't quote make up his mind. And I'm like, clearly your choice is Betty. Veronica is a cunt. Like mm-hmm. clearly, there is a there is a, there's a, a choice, and then the wrong choice. Um, but anyway, I, that's all. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like the butler because I've always had a big thing for Commedia dell'arte, and I always loved like the the, the servants were always the best part. So I, I've always had a fondness for like the you know the ones who's who's in the background, who sees and knows everything, um, and is almost more integral to the story and what's going on than the actual main person. So. I don't know how integral. I mean, maybe I just don't feel like he's terribly integral to it, though. Um, out of curiosity, though, is it, as far as the Archie situation goes, I think we can all agree that Archie, at least as far as this book is concerned, because I think most of us, this is the only book we know, he is bland as fuck. Yes. Uh, it's everyone around him who makes it interesting. Yeah, so my uh, question uh, is again, he's Golden Dick, obviously. He, <laughs> he is basically a tofu character. He completely is. So it's like, it's almost, I'm wondering if, is he so bland so that the audience identifies with him or so that, um, you know, if you are reading it, you can understand why any character would like him. Like, he, there's so, there's nothing uh, off-putting about him that, you know what I mean? Because like, even if you look at like, say, How I Met Your Mother, because uh, I know Adam and I are both well aware of that. Even though uh, the main character is uh, Ted Mosby. Have you met Ted? There are some flaws with him as, as a character, and and in later ep, uh, ish, uh, ep, no, Laser Seasons, they play that up even more. So, like, you can kind of see where uh, some people would want to date him, and you can also see where some people wouldn't want um, I Am Ted. Uh, I can see that, Todd. Is your mic not working, or are you just typing weird things to make m- give me shit? I like typing. Okay. <laughs> um, I love, I love lamp. <laughs> For those of you who can't see... Todd wrote that I am Ted, and that makes him Marshall, which is fairly accurate because him and Amy met in high school and have been married since like more than ten years, right? We've been married for thirteen years and we dated for five. Okay. So and but then of yeah. course now Adam is claiming that he's Lily, so I'm I didn't Lily, know that yes. Todd and Adam were married. But uh, you know, congratulations, you two. So who's Q? I don't know that show. Q, Q is fucking Barney. Obviously, he's just. I mean, Q's just the gay version of Barney, like actually gay. <laughs> In real life, the real version of Barney is gay. Yeah, so yeah. perfectly. So yeah, yeah, fantastic. No, yeah, no, no. Who, who, who is, is Barney? the mother then? Well, that would be Jess, because if I'm Ted, <laughs> that's, like, Jess. That's, uh, that, that's how that would have to work. That's right. Out. She's the bass playing badass. Does she play bass? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying does Jess play bass? Oh, <laughs> she does now. She's multi-talented. I wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. Let's just be honest. 
I'll have to text her and say, hey, do you play bass? And she'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm sure. That's right. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I just, I don't know. You're, I think, yeah, Archie is one of the most bland, boring fucking characters, I think. Which is weird for him to be a main character. Like, I can't think of another main, well, maybe Mickey Mouse. Like, I can't think of that many characters that are super bland and the main character. You know? Right. Well, yes, you, you kind of have Luke Skywalker for the first half of the first Star Wars movie. Uh, he's, a whiny, he's a whiny little bitch. And, but and, he also is going on a journey, and that's just for part of the story. Eventually, he becomes a character. Um, true. As I said, he's, he starts out a uh, whiny little bitch, and Mark Hamill specifically said that he played him that way because yeah. he wanted him to be a little whiny bitch. Well, I'm thinking of like a pop culture character that is consistently bland throughout most iterations. Like Mickey Mouse is the only one other than Archie I can think of that is consistently very bland. French you know what charming. I mean? Because uh, they're they're interchangeable. Like you don't know which fucking one they yeah, are. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, there's a few, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but they're but they're also not. They're the love interest, so they like their characters are. Well, really so is Archie. And well, 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 if you're talking to Minnie, so well, is, is well, no, 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 I'm saying someone who's bland but is a main character. Because, uh-huh. like, mm. oh, gotcha, yeah, no, you're right. like, you know, Prince Charming doesn't even have a fucking name. Um, and, mm-hmm. and neither does Snow White's Prince. Yeah. Um, so, that is interesting. Yeah. Not, neither of them have names. Uh, I mean, what's his name? Uh, Prince Philip finally got a name. Yeah. In Sleeping Beauty. Um,. But but, well, but, that, most but, but he's also a character, whereas the other two yeah. are not. You have a point. Yeah, so so far we can think of, at least for me, I can think of Mickey Mouse and Archie are like super bland main characters for a, for lack of a better term, universe of some kind, you know? Hmm. If you can think of one, Let please us text us. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag... Uh, bland as fuck at, um... <laughs> no, I want to see if I can make this happen if you can think of a character that is super bland and is a main character text us, facebook us you know, instagram us hashtag bland as fuck uh, at funny books and firewater and uh, <laughs> I, I'm curious if someone out there has this is audience participation time kids because I'm very curious if someone else can think of something better than us um, well cool I think that kind of ties us up a little bit for right now sure um Next week we are going to be doing uh, a um, what is it? Uh, it's a Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange book. Yeah. Yes, because we're doing uh, Doctor Strange: um, The Oath, uh, mainly because the movie is coming out soon, mm-hmm. and because it's kind of Halloweeny, and because I wanted to do a different book for the actual Halloween episode that comes out. Um, so we're doing it like a little early because I think it comes out like the first, like November second or something like that. So. Um, so it's right around the corner with Benedict Cumberbatch or Butterscotch Cumbucket, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Um, anyway, so uh, the re- way I became aware of this book was I walked into a comic shop and said, "Hey, I'd like to learn a little bit more about Doctor Strange. Do you have any good single, you know, graphic novels of of uh, uh, Doctor Strange? Something I can kind of get used to it." And this is one of the two that was recommended to me. They just didn't have enough the other one in stock. But this was also came recommended uh, by our good friend Maya. Um, who uh, I think I might try to get to do some sort of history of Doctor Strange so we can know what the fuck is going on with him in general to help us all prepare for the upcoming movie that I personally am excited for, some people are nervous for. We'll see how that goes. Q, you've read it. Do you have any uh, thoughts on a preview or anything like that? Um, it's really just a good jumping off point for Doctor Strange. You, um, you don't really need to know a whole lot about him to uh, do uh-huh. it. It's just, it's not really, it's not like an origin story. It's just sort of... Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's an adventure that I typically go on, kind of a thing. And yeah, it, mm. it's it, it's also some mostly lighthearted fun. Um, yeah. So it's a little lighter than even a mainstream Marvel book. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, it's it's just a good jumping off point. And I believe it's written by Bendis, isn't it? Vaughn. Oh, it's Brian, Brian K. Vaughn, yeah. who uh, wrote Saga again. We'll, we'll mention Saga again. So the guy who wrote Saga wrote this, So um, who I consistently think is uh, is, is pretty bitchin'. Um, he also wrote Why the Last Man and uh, what, uh, Pride of Baghdad, Ex Machina. He's written some really good shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess that's going to probably do it for this week, I guess, unless anybody... Oh, we have recommendations. Fuck me. I'm sorry. Q, dare I ask, do you have any recommendations? Because you never have recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. Holy I shit. know. And it's super gay because I've been, we've been talking a bunch of books lately. I have been obsessed mm-hmm. with the new Barbara Streisand. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. 
And what makes a good so Barbara Streisand is what nine thousand years old, and uh-huh. does she sound like she did when she was like twenty four doing Funny Girl? No, but if I can sound just a fraction like the way Barbara Streisand does at seventy, I'll be super fucking happy. I mean, she can't quite hit the high notes, but you know what? Neither can I. I'm not that mm-hmm. concerned. Um, she has some great talent, and also like some hidden talent, like Daisy Ridley. Come on with your bad self on some uh, at the ballet from Chorus Line, which is my favorite song from Chorus Line. Um, mm-hmm. Her and Anna Hathaway. Although it's also really funny, Barbara Streisand takes like the best parts out of that song. It's like, but that's not supposed to be assigned to you, Barbara. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she she pulls, but she's fucking Barbara. She she pulls on full Madonna and Evita and is like, no, no, but this is the part that I want to sing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Chris Pine is on there. Patrick Wilson, Hugh Jackman, um, some really hot hot mans who can sing, which is another thing of mine. I love a man who can sing. And, what does uh, Hugh Jackman sing on it? Um, oh shit, no, I can't even remember. It's a, it's a pretty sad song. Um, like, some of the song choices are a little wonky, but, um, mm-hmm. here, I'm, hold on, I'm looking it up as I talk. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, while you're looking, I'll bring up some real fast. Okay. So, my wife and I, we went out to uh, New York. Um, we were engaged, and we were doing the TV show Say Yes to the Dress. Um, and my parents came out with us, and my mom has this thing where she's seen Hugh Jackman on Broadway in, like, multiple different shows. And I've seen him. I saw him in The Boy from Oz, and he was amazing. And Jess was like, are we seriously going to go see a play with Hugh Jackman in it? And I was like, yeah. And she only knew him from, like, Wolverine, maybe, and a few other films. I'm like, trust me, he's really good. And so she saw him just in a straight play. I've seen him in a musical, and he's fucking fantastic and my wife was converted at that point in time like he is a surprisingly phenomenal performer in like a live theatrical environment like I don't feel like his roles in films especially as Wolverine like he's good Wolverine but I don't think that gives you an indication of how talented he really is um, so I'm, I was just that's why I was curious as to what he plays because he, he, he sings any moment now um, it's uh I don't I can't remember what show it is like she does a lot of like lesser known shows which is you know it's like... fine but um, it's uh it's two it's uh, a couple where they're both kind of accidentally ignoring each other and like she t- says that he's drinking too much she's like well I gotta do something alone here it's, it's it's not like Lightning Piazza, is it? Uh, no, is it, no, no, no. Is it, there, there's nothing that current. I think like the most current thing on here is at the ballet. Okay, what, what's the name of the song? Again? I want to look. Uh, any fast. moment now. Um, it's by Hamlish. Um, but anyway, and also she does a, a cute anything you can do I can do better with Melissa McCarthy. They kind of rewrote it a little bit um, to make it a little more current. Oh, and also Seth MacFarlane during Pure Imagination, which it mm-hmm. it came out like literally the day after Gene uh, Wilder died. So it was like very weird for me to then listen to the yeah. song. Um, but anyway. It's Barbara Streisand. I mean, if you don't like Barbara Streisand, obviously you are not going to like this, so don't go do it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's, it's Barbara, and I love her. She's like butter. Like butter? Like butter. I'm getting for Clint. <laughs> it's uh, for the musical Smile. Oh. Never heard of that. That makes, yeah, who knows what that means. <laughs> anyway. Who knows what that um, means? If you're not much of a Barbara Streisand fan in general, I, I'm just going to recommend this. This is not my actual recommendation. But the movie What's Up, Doc, is fucking awesome and has one of the best car chases you've ever seen. Like, in a funny way. Like, mm-hmm. a very funny, amazing car chase. It's uh, Barbara Streisand and Peter O'Toole? Uh, no, it's no. not. No, that's not who it is. Anyway. It's a movie that my mom had on video when I was a kid, and we watched the hell out of. It's really fun. No, I, um, I, I, I think it's, what's his name? O'Neal. Is it Ryan, Ryan O'Neal? O'Neal. That's, it's Ryan O'Neal, yeah. Uh, Barbara Streisand is essentially sort of like the female equivalent of Bugs Bunny wreaking havoc in this poor uh, geologist's life. Um, he's in San Francisco on a, uh, a convention. His wife's name is, or his, his fiance's name is Eunice, who is played by, oh, she was in all those um, Mel Brooks movies. Uh, she played the the tired, oh so tired singer in uh, oh, Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn is uh, is playing his fiance, and uh, it's it's amazing. It's very funny, um, and it's not a musical. So if you're not a musical person, but definitely we're checking out. It's a little bit of. I think this came in like seventy something. Yeah, I, here it's, it's seventy uh, uh, seventy two. Seventy two, but very cool, amazing chasing, like seriously hilarious chasing. Like the most of them are like they're in a bunch of different vehicles. The uh, the lead car in the chase I think is a Volkswagen Beetle uh, or like a uh, or a VW Bug and it's like everything is through San Francisco. It's I think it's a little bit of a parody of um, 
the bullet chase, but it's it's very fun. So, anyway, total random side note. Todd, do you have any recommendations? I do. Um, it came out this week and it showed up here. I found the book that takes the idea of DMZ and kind of ramps it up a little bit. So, uh-huh. you know, Q's interested. Yeah. Um, Something political? I'm sure he's in love with it. Yes. Well, what got me interested and I bought it for It's written by Tom King. He's doing mm-hmm. the current Batman run. So he um, okay. he took over for um, Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. It's called The Sheriff of Babylon, and trade one's called Bang, Bang, Bang. And it takes place in Baghdad in 2004. So he's, so it's Saddam is gone, and the U.S. is there occupying, and no one's in control. And okay. the first story there already punched me in the gut, and it's just really raw and visceral, and it... It, it makes me feel like a humanity is in a bad place, but it's okay. really well done. You should read it because it is. This one hurts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool, Adam. Do you have any recommendations? Uh yeah, actually. Uh, so at, when this airs, it'll be probably about six, seven episodes in. But this year's American Horror Story is absolutely amazing. Uh, they're setting it up. It's like a. I think it's American Horror Story Roanoke. They're calling it Roanoke because I, 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 did I tell you I used to live on that island? Oh, really? Yeah. So, okay. I don't know if they've gotten into this yet. Uh, I feel like I'm stealing a lot of the thunder on this, but um, so Roanoke Island uh, it's also known as the Lost uh, Lost Colony, uh, which was Mantio uh, in North Carolina. They're basically what ended up happening is uh, this is actual historical fact. You can look this shit up. Is they had settlers who uh, were brought over from England. This is actually pre-Plymouth Rock. Um, and they set up a colony, and then they went back to England for supplies with the intention of coming back the next year. Well, um, money for another expedition uh, was hard to come by, and so they ended up not coming back for three years. When they came back for three years, they never, they couldn't find them. They were disappeared, and there's only one Indian word carved into a tree is all they ever found. Now, they know that um, like the first American actually born there was Virginia Dare. I used to live on Virginia Dare Street, um, and I, I worked at this um amphitheater was attached to a historic park which had a replica of the ship uh the elizabeth II was the replica i think the original ship was the elizabeth that they came over in and there's also a famous play called the the lost colony that like it's sort of like this it's sort of like a uh almost like a passion play kind of thing they do it every single year um and uh like there's actually been some fairly famous people in it but that's on the same island but so that's that is actually based on somewhat factual so as soon as i saw that i was like oh shit i've actually I know the area and the story they're talking about. Sorry, Adam, I totally stole your, you know. No, no, you're fine. And it just, it's kind of funny because everyone's like, oh, whatever happened to everyone for Roanoke? And yeah. Well, they, they carved the word Croatoan on a tree. Yeah. And then on nearby Croatoan Island, years later, we started seeing Native Americans with blonde hair and blue eyes. That's so. one of the theories, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that they, they kind of just moved. Part of that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, no, uh, so it, it's really cool. They're doing it kind of like an Unsolved Mysteries thing where they're interviewing uh, the people in nowadays time, and yeah. then the actual show are the actors doing the reenactment. So, so yeah, because it's interesting because there's like actors. There's two different actors playing the same role. There's the reenactment actor mm-hmm. and then the interviewing actor, which I thought was really interesting. Actually. So yeah, it's it's really fun. It's really interesting. I, I like the way it's it's a new take on the series, which you know, for me, American Horror Story is a hit or miss. Yeah, it seems like every odd season's the good one because I love Murder House. I didn't like Asylum. I loved Coven. Didn't like Freak Show. Uh, Hotel, I haven't even watched yet. Uh, but um, I started watching Hotel and I liked it. I was okay with Asylum. I really hated Freak Show. Yeah, Freak Show just, I thought it was still, I, I fell out of with you. I didn't even finish it. You, you probably, um, like, basically, if you're going to watch Freak Show, once they kill the, the creepy clown, there's really nothing left. That's when I stopped watching was when he died. Yeah, then you, you're pretty much, you're good, because there's yeah. nothing else more interesting after that. But if, if anything, American Horror Story needed to... You know, change of how it does things, and it's a really interesting take. It's freaky as hell, uh, mm-hmm. especially after I just seen, I had just seen Blur Witch before watching, starting watching it. So that was kind of fresh in my mind of this hill area and weird pigs and. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's it's perfect, and it's perfect viewing for October and Halloween time. So. Well, and Q mentioned on the text that uh, what the book 1602 uh-huh. is based on the same story. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Virginia Dare is one of the main characters. Okay. Yeah, and like I said, I lived in Virginia Dare Street, which was kind of awesome. Which is written by uh, uh, Neil Gaiman, so... Oh, rock on. That was also one of the most fun jobs I had in my entire life. Basically, my job was, I once the tech rehearsal week was over, my job was to get up in the morning, go to the beach, hang out for the day, go home, grab some food, take a shower, go to run a show, 
go home, sit on the back porch, drink and watch fireflies. That's what I did. Like, and I'm not not the TV show, but like just actual fireflies in North Carolina. Sit on a rocking chair on a porch, and you know it was great. It was an awesome job. Anyway, nice. yeah. Too bad I didn't pay for shit because I would do that my entire life. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, cool. So my recommendation is actually um, I talked to a few weeks ago about, and when this comes out, this is a very old. Um, Comics Bento Box book, but I, I, I got the Comics Bento Box and I've been slowly going through the, the four books they gave me, one of which I read and it was nothing worth writing home to. Um, I, th- I mentioned it before, it's uh, Jurassic Force 5, not terribly that good, um, not that interesting. I kind of was just like, I don't fucking care. Mainly, the, the dinosaurs with guns was kind of cool, but there's like a human child character that just annoyed the living shit out of me. Um, however... And so didn't tend to do. As sh- well, not necessarily always. Sometimes it can be good. Like I, I like the kid in uh, in Iron Man three. Oh, I did it in real life. Yeah. Oh, no, I gotcha. Um, so, but there is a book that I read that I really like called Sam and Fuzzy Fix Your Problems, and I guess this is actually based on a it's a collection of a, a web comic, and it's these it's this unusual friendship between um, this guy named Sam and he has this friend who's named Fuzzy, who basically wakes up hungover in a dumpster at the beginning of the story, not remembering what happened to him beforehand. And Sam is the heir to a, um, heir, heir, I did say that right. I was like, did I say that wrong? Um, uh, he's the heir to, uh, basically like a, a, a collection of ninjas that are actually assassins, but he decides he wants to be a good guy. So they're trying to leave their assassin ways behind and trying to like help actually solve people's problems. Um, but it's, it's, it's more funny than anything else. The plot is, I mean, it's just, I think it was very funny. If uh, it has a similar sense of humor, at least in my mind to Phineas and Ferb. So if you like the kind of the Phineas and Ferb kind of, uh, humor, kind of slightly silly, kind of fun, uh, it's, it's a fun book. It's worth the read. I've been, I've been really enjoying it and I'm looking forward to reading some more of it. So, um, there's that. Cool. Well, thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater, and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.